Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Amanda Lee's Love, and I'm a registered holistic nutritionist. And today's guest is Dorita. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you. I want to know, what is your backstory of how you got into what you're doing today? So I'm a family practice doctor, but I like to focus on food and kind of using food to heal ourselves and figure out what we can eat and what we can cut back on to make ourselves better. Um, And I really got into it for myself because I had health conditions, high blood pressure, anemia, acid reflux. And when I um, first started practicing medicine, I was working at a clinic in New Orleans and it was kind of a more like a wellness center than a clinic. And I worked with herbalists and acupuncturists. They had all types of people there, nutritionists. And the herbalists really got me on this kick of, okay, this is how we're going to fix your reflux. And this is what we're going to do for your anemia. And it was food and herb-based. That's great. So what exactly do you like to help people with, with their food? So let's take um, acid reflux, for example. So of course there's foods that you need to probably eliminate or see if those are the things that are bothering you to eliminate for acid reflux, like um, things that are spicy or that have caffeine or that are greasy or that are acidic, but then you can do some things to help heal your stomach uh, as well. So one of the things that I have people do in addition to cutting back those foods that are irritating is try to do some things that are soothing. Like if you can do dairy, um, Greek yogurt is a good choice because it has those probiotics in it that help the build up the bacteria, good bacteria in your stomach. Um, and then alkaline water, they've done studies that show that alkaline water of, with a pH of eight or more can help turn off this certain enzyme in your esophagus or your swallowing tube, it helps the um, there be less acid basically in your swallowing tube. So things like that. That's, that's interesting. I did, I've never had heard anything about the alkaline water. Yeah. Yeah. That's really simple to do in the Greek yogurt. Yeah. And I think people just need simple tips to like, getting back to improving right well, exactly what like so we're talking about acid reflex which i actually haven't had anyone talk about on this show so what are the big things that are people are like doing wrong when they're when they are coming to you with acid reflex you said eating the spicy foods is there anything else specifically? Then there's things with caffeine. And it doesn't mean that you're drinking a lot of Cokes and Pepsis. You might be. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not always Cokes and Pepsis. Even other sodas like Mountain Dew and things that you don't necessarily consider having caffeine in it. It might not be a Coca-Cola type of soda, but they can have caffeine in them. And the food industry doesn't make companies label what has caffeine in it. They can put it on the nutrition label if they want to, but they don't really have to. So you can be drinking things with caffeine that are irritating your stomach. And then um, chocolate 
also has caffeine. So I was yeah. eating these chocolate cookies. I couldn't figure out what was going on with my reflux. I was like, what did I eat? What was happening? But it, it was eating some like chocolate chip cookies or something. It doesn't mean that you can never have these things, but at the time that your stomach is irritated, you kind of have to um to avoid those items. And then one of the things that the herbalist taught me to do was that if my acid reflux is flaring up, then I'm probably having a problem with my gut bacteria. So everybody's got normal bacteria that lives in their stomach, but it can overgrow depending on what you feed it. If you're having too much sugar, if you're having too many things that turn into sugar, white bread, white potatoes, white pasta, white rice. So they had me eliminate those things for like two weeks and I was only eating like plant starches like squash and sweet potatoes and stuff like that. And then after those two weeks, they had me repopulate my gut by eating fermented foods. That's how I got into the Greek yogurt. But if you can't do dairy, you can do sauerkraut, you can do um, olives, pickles, things like that, that are fermented, that have those good probiotics. In it. And I recently got into drinking kombucha, which is an acquired taste. You might have to play around with some of the flavors, but kombucha is like a probiotic drink that you can use to help um, repopulate your gut and put those good bacteria in there. And it's, and I like how you, it only takes like, you said it only, you only did it for like two weeks. And I think people feel like, oh, I'm going to have to do it forever. It's going to be this long thing. And that scares them off from doing it in the first place. Yeah, it didn't take long at all. And the purpose of it was just to like starve those bad bacteria in my in my stomach that were causing problems and making my stomach lining irritated. Yeah. So well, let's talk about a little bit, since we're talking about like gut issues and stuff, let's talk about a little bit about gut health. Because I feel like gut health is so big. What are things that people are not doing for their gut that they don't hear about? Um, so you kind of need prebiotics and probiotics. So the prebiotics are some things that um, basically feeds the good bacteria. So mushrooms is a thing that's considered a prebiotic. So there's things about the mushroom that feeds the good bacteria. And then the probiotics are in those fermented foods, um, the Greek yogurts, the olives, the sauerkraut, maybe not kimchi if you have acid reflux, <laughs> kimchi is pretty spicy, um, but fermented foods to kind of heal that. And a lot of things are, a lot of health problems are related to the gut, like mental health is related to your gut as well. A lot of um, hormones that kind of regulate your mood are made in your stomach. Like serotonin is one of the things that made in your stomach, one of those feel-good hormones. And if your stomach is messed up, you may be a little bit depressed <laughs> just because the lining is not functioning the way it's supposed to and making those hormones that su support your nerves and support your brain and support your mental health. Yeah. And I don't think... A lot of times I think everybody doesn't really think about how much what we eat affects our mental health. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it goes straight to the drugs. 
then you definitely have to support your body. And then some people, some people do need medication, but you still have to support your body in making the things that it's supposed to make, making those neurotransmitters or brain chemicals that help you feel the way that you're supposed to feel. Yeah. Exactly. To support your body with food. So what can we do to like support our mental health so we're feeling our best each day to get done what we need to get done? So you need um you need those probiotics and prebiotics um from the fermented foods to um put the good bacteria there. But then um I'm sorry, I lost the question. What can we do like to help our mental health? So the other thing that you need um, is fresh fruits and vegetables because the fresh fruits and vegetables are going to um, clean up like the free radicals in your body. The, the free radicals are like um, kind of like a bad chemical that floats around in your body and causes um, like cancer cells and things to overgrow. So the fruits and vegetables are kind of like the cleanup crew and go through kind of sweeping things out that aren't supposed to be there. And then it also is cleaning out like the waste in your intestines and giving you, um, giving you different vitamins that support your brain and support your body. Yeah. So you definitely want to do fresh fruits and vegetables as well. And that should be the majority of your diet. Don't always need it, but try to have 80% of your diet plant material. What's like a good way for people to get more plants in their diet? Um, so I think, and this is something that I learned from the nutritionist where I was working in New Orleans, um, trying to have a fruit or a vegetable at every meal. Like I had never considered eating vegetables at breakfast time. But they got me. We don't in America. <laughs> yeah, it seems weird with the standard American diet, but they got me into doing that. So a lot of times in the mornings, I'll have um, like sauteed spinach and then add other vegetables to it, like uh, mushrooms. That's what I usually peppers, do. Onions, yeah. Yeah. So I started doing that along with whatever else I was eating. I might mix it with some eggs or some grits or what have you. Yeah, so it just depends. And I think just making that simple change is a big thing is like adding more vegetables to your diet because I think a lot of times the vegetables people don't grow up having vegetables right? and they'll say oh I don't like vegetables it's like well you got to keep trying the different vegetables there's so many different vegetables out there and you can't just try it once. You got to keep trying it. Yeah. And what I found was the things that I thought I didn't like weren't that I didn't like them. I didn't like the way that my mother prepared them. Now, my mother's right. a great cook, but she cooks peas, like say green peas to death until they're like almost brown. And I didn't like them that way. So I thought I didn't like peas. But then somebody made some peas for me that basically we just like sauteed in the pan for like a few minutes with some olive oil and salt and pepper and garlic powder. And I loved them. I just didn't, I thought I didn't like peas, but I just didn't like peas. They were cooked too long. 
So you might have to try some of those childhood things that you think you don't like and try to cook them in a different way and see if you like the different way that they're prepared. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's cooking them in a different way. And I've never been like a huge fan of like onions and stuff. So like it would always have to be sort of like hidden in the veg in the whatever the dish was. And recently I'm like, as long as it's cut like super like small and stuff, then I'm then I'm fine. But I mean like that's the thing. Our taste changed too. So we, yeah. something we liked two years ago i mean we didn't like two years ago is um we should try it again i think and that's the thing there's different varieties of so many vegetables too right so there's yeah, different that way about avocados where i don't necessarily mm -hmm. like the taste of avocados by themselves i have to do a lot of seasoning to it like i need to mix oh i love avocados <laughs> it's like my favorite <laughs> garlic powder and lime juice and all kinds of stuff it's basically guacamole by the time i finish well that's it, it. That's, yeah. i think that's the thing too i think people are like well vegetables are boring okay well put some spices add spices to it there's seasonings for vegetables nowadays you don't have to make it boring you could add salt and pepper and make it taste good right you don't have, I mean, but I mean, I could eat vegetables just plain, but like when you're first starting off with vegetables, put seasonings. Like right. I had a cooking class and with some friends and they were like, and they're like, oh, this tastes really good. And it was because they were like, oh, you did a lot of seasonings and stuff. And I think that's the thing. People just don't season their food and we're just used to the foods that are like salty and sugary and have a lot of fat. Yeah, but there's so much more to like flavor than salt and pepper. Of course, you're going to probably yeah. use some salt and pepper, but there's garlic powder. There's, there's canadian pepper. There's so much. Yeah, cumin, smoked paprika changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> like there's so many different seasonings. Like you just have to look. You just have to go down the seasoning section and there's so many seasonings if you don't know what the seasonings are for then you just look it up on the internet but like there's so much seasonings and seasonings really make food taste really good like yeah. honestly i feel like and i just don't think unless we're like baking people don't really are like oh i could use i could season my fruit i mean my vegetables i could season my meat it's like yeah you can make it taste really good <laughs> yeah and even um even if it's not like a dry spice you can go in with like fresh seasonings like fresh parsley and lemon juice right. things like that it really just takes it to a whole nother place and it improves the flavor without having to add a whole bunch of salt yeah yeah that's the whole thing is you don't need if you don't you don't need to add salt to or just a little bit but there's so many good like basil and parsley you're so, and i think that's the thing people just need to like try start trying things out and seeing and stuff 
Because we get in a habit of just doing the same thing over and over with our cooking. And then I think people are afraid to buy new ingredients sometimes because they feel like they won't use them. Like might feel that fresh stuff will go to waste like a bunch of parsley or a bunch of cilantro. But you can plan to share that with somebody else if you don't feel like you're going to use the whole thing so it doesn't go to waste. And also it's always good. Like I tell people, if you don't want things to go to waste, just type in like whatever you have in your fridge and like those whatever four or five ingredients and see what recipe comes up. Right. And so then you're not going to waste it because you're because you're like, oh, I wouldn't have found this new recipe. And I already have all the ingredients in the house. So then you don't even need to go out to shop or order groceries and stuff. Right. Yeah. And I think you got to people have to experiment with the cooking. And you're big on food as medicine. So am I. And I think that's the big thing. We have to realize food is what we feed our bodies matters. And like, it's not something that we should put at the bottom of our to-do list. Right. That's like my first question. If somebody's coming in with diabetes or Mm. high blood pressure or high cholesterol, like what kind of drinks are you drinking? What? (laughs) <laughs> you what kind of drinks <laughs> what kind of drinks are you drinking and <laughs> are you eating a lot of starches and how much of your plate is vegetables and etc because it makes a difference do you cook at home are you eating out etc yeah and I think that's I think a lot of people are like they are like oh I eat at home but then it's like well, even if you eat at home, do you, what's what are you drinking? Like drinking, it's so easy for people just to get a grab a coffee or a grab a soda, and like it's addiction. It's really addiction to that sugary drink. Right, we kind of have to train our taste buds to not need as much sugar. Like for a while, it really was out of laziness. <laughs> I started drinking my tea just regular because I didn't feel like carrying a bottle of honey back and forth. Sometimes I'm home, I'll put honey in my tea, but I started training myself to like the taste of just plain tea without anything in it because I would be at work and I didn't want to use sugar, but I didn't want to keep lugging this bottle of honey back and forth. So I started just getting my taste buds used to it. It takes a little while, but after a while, you don't really notice the difference. I think that's the thing. How do you, how long do you think it takes for people before they realize, okay, I could do it if they're giving up the soda? Uh, I think it's a gradual thing. I don't think you could do it all of a sudden, especially if you're drinking sodas that have caffeine in them, because sometimes you'll go through caffeine withdrawal and start getting headaches and whatnot. So I don't think you can stop cold turkey. I think you have to do it little by little and just kind of have it or whatever. Yeah. For a couple of weeks, just go down gradually. Yeah. And start trying to replace it with other things. What can, what can people do like 
if they're giving up that soda. So I started drinking kombucha. It's kind of by accident. <laughs> My husband brought it home. Yeah. I don't even know why he bought it, but I he tasted it and I was I didn't know what it was. I thought it was some kind of sparkling cider or something, but it ended up being the kombucha. And that's kind of what I drink now. Sometimes I drink sodas if I go to a restaurant or what have you, but at home, if I feel like having a soda, I like drinking the kombucha because it's bubbly. And it right. makes you feel like you're drinking something forbidden. <laughs> but it's a it's a probiotic drink. Yeah. I've never like I've had it a few times. I just I'm not big on bubbly drinks. So like, okay. so I think that's my thing. Okay. Stuff. But yeah, it's really good for you. Yeah. And stuff. But somebody said something to me and they and I'm like, I think they knew how it was made and then they're like that turned them off from it or something <laughs> but like it's really good for you and i think if you're struggling and you want to get your immune system up it's a good choice yeah i recommended it to a patient she tried it and i guess the flavor that she got tasted weird and she's like oh that was terrible and i was like well don't give up on it yet. Just try another flavor and see if that's it. Because some of the flavors are terrible, but maybe I need to try it again. <laughs> I don't remember. I haven't tried. I haven't had it in a while, and yeah. stuff. But yeah, what are like some? So we've talked about food, but like, what kind of foods are like the things that you tell your clients that they really should be getting into their diets every day? Or at so, least weekly. So every day, of course, fruits and vegetables. What I usually tell people to do is to try to fill half your plate with vegetables. And it doesn't have to be all the same thing. Like you don't need to necessarily have half a plate of salad if you don't want that. Like part of part of it can be one fourth of it can be salad. One fourth of it could be like sweet potatoes. Yeah. One sweet potatoes are amazing be, yeah one fourth of it could be squash one fourth of it could be spinach you don't have to like eat a trough of lettuce necessarily you can vary it up and mix vegetables together have stir fry vegetables what have you and make it taste interesting depending on what kind of things you use and i think that's the thing is people just have to experiment with whatever they're cooking and yeah so what can we do so we've talked about food a lot are you like are people like resilient to ch changing their habits or are they coming to you and they're like okay i want all these different things to help me like give me all the answers um, it depends on how the person finds out about me. Like some people find out about me from the internet and they see me doing like cooking demos or posting pictures or what have you. So they may come in wanting to know about that. And then there's people that are just coming to me from like a doctor's standpoint, like they found my name in their insurance company's registry right. and they're expecting to come and get pills, which I might give you some pills, but we're also definitely going to talk about what you're eating and drinking. Yeah. 
like for that i want to so with the acid so you work with people with like acid reflex or what exactly who do you work with so i'm a family practice doctor um so i work with all ages um infants to adults probably my oldest patient was like 111 and wow. every kind of medical problem you can think of abscesses colds pneumonia high blood pressure diabetes kind of a, a jill of all trades but the population that i serve are people who have mostly those big three things the high blood pressure the diabetes and the high cholesterol so that's what I find myself uh, focusing on a lot for the education piece. But there's there's just a wealth of information out there, and it's hard to figure out who to trust and like what you can believe Googling stuff on the internet. Right. <laughs> so sometimes people need some guidance. Like, okay, well, this is a good source here, and you can kind of look at this. Like, there's a um a website. I think it's nutrition.org. Um, or nutritionfacts.org. That's what it is, nutritionfacts.org. And what they do is they take um, like scientific studies and break it down um, for lay people to understand. And you can kind of Google your disease or not Google, but search your disease on that website or search certain foods and get like concrete information about what the results of the studies were did avocados work for prostate cancer or whatever yeah that sounds like an amazing website i'm gonna check that out myself because yeah. i want to know like some some information but so i want to know so people with diabetes because i haven't had anyone talk about diabetes um is it going back to they're having a lot of sugar, they're having a lot of fat, like fast food. What is like, what can people be doing with their diabetes if they have it? Or they think they're close to having it? So exercise is a huge thing with diabetes because you're gonna improve your insulin resistance because a lot of people who have type two diabetes, it's not that their body doesn't make insulin, it just doesn't listen to it as well. So exercise is one thing that's going to improve that insulin resistance. And then I think a lot of people think that sugar is the huge issue. And sugar is a big problem in this country. It's put into almost everything, even things that don't taste sweet and have sugar in them. But then you also have to pay attention to those um, processed carbohydrates, those starchy things that turn into sugar um cookies and cakes and pies and cereals and kind of look at that and make sure that it's not like basically not ground up processed starch you want to try to get like whole grain stuff bran and oatmeal and things like that that are the whole grain right yeah and i think a lot of times it's interesting with sugar, it's, it's in every single thing. And we have so much marketing, not just in the US, but across the world where like, it's in every, cereal is crazy. 
milk, all everything's just sugar. It's just plain yeah. sugar. You really have to spend time when you're going to the grocery store and read labels, but you really want to try to limit the amount of processed stuff that you're eating and try to get whole foods. Like I try to tell patients, you're trying to shop the perimeter of the grocery store, the outside of the grocery store where there's the food just is what it is. It's produce. It's a potato. It's a blueberry. <laughs> you don't have you to know? like, you don't have to guess it and look at the label and be like, oh. Like it's just this one yeah. thing. Like it's even if you're going to buy juice, I try to have people limit their juice, but if you're going to buy juice, Look right. at the label. It should just be like water and the fruit, like apples and water. Like that's it. <laughs> well, everything's like a bunch of like 10 different ingredients. And then I'm like, it's interesting to me because I'm like, like what kids are even getting fed these days? It's like, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I don't yeah. feel like. Like, I don't feel like parents really know and stuff. It's not like healthy foods. It's like goldfish and like a bagel. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you mean it's like school lunches? Well, I volunteer at my church and stuff like okay. that. So that's why I'm saying that. I mean, they do have like, they'll put fruit and stuff like that too, of course. But I mean, like, like granola bars have like soy, they have wheat, they have sugar, exactly what a little kid does not need and stuff, right? right. <laughs> because it makes, it just makes them hyper. But I mean, like, I think it's just so easy for parents and stuff. And it's marketed towards like parents. Yeah, something that you can just throw in a bag. Right. And I think. We have to get to, like, you have to, like, there are ways to, like, probably make, to make healthier bars or whatever you want to make. So then you don't have those processed, like, chemicals going into your kids. Yeah, I think you really have to take the time at least one day a week and try to do some sort of meal prep. And yeah. really, so that you can grab it and go when you don't have when you have less time and really try to keep things in your freezer and in your pantry so that if you didn't plan anything it's something that can be made quick that's at your house like there's and that's the thing i think there is with meal prepping it's like i was just talking to somebody about this it doesn't have to be difficult and i think that's the big thing people are like well i have to do 10 different recipes and I have to do all this and it's going to take all day. It's like, there are ways to cut into that time. Right. It doesn't have to take you all day. And you only have to do it once a week, maybe twice a week. Yeah. And then the meal prepping, it doesn't necessarily have to be you putting the entire meal together. It could be you chopping the vegetables and putting them in the bag for that meal like chopping up all the stuff that you're going to use for like tacos, like all the onions and peppers and whatever, or all the stuff that you're going to use for the stir fry and put that in a Ziploc bag. Yeah. And I tell, I, that's exactly what I was 
telling people, I tell my clients too, is you cut up the vegetables like while you're preparing an other meal and you could use those vegetables for the next day or the, a couple of days later or even cutting up the vegetables as soon as you come home from the store. So then maybe at dinner time, you have it already cooked up and it takes you less time. And I think that's the thing. Using your time wisely is the best thing. Yeah. Or even washing fruit that has to be washed and, and keeping it in the refrigerator. Like, it made a huge difference. I never usually wash my blueberries beforehand. I usually wash them right. and get ready to use them. But I dropped the container on the floor. <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up washing all of the blueberries at once and, like, drying them off and putting them in a Ziploc bag. And it's been so easy this week to just throw some blueberries in, like, my oatmeal because they're already ready to go. Yeah, and it just saves you. I think that's the thing. If you're in the kitchen, you might as well do all the kitchen stuff first. And like, I usually do laundry at the same time too while I'm cooking and stuff. But like, I as much time that you think, it's going to save you a lot of time during the week when it's five o'clock, you're so tired and your kid's like, well, mommy, what's for dinner? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> and you're like, okay, and stuff. And so it's like, you don't want it to be, if you're in charge of the meals, I tell people, it's like, you don't want to always have to be thinking, okay, what's for dinner? What's for dinner? What's for dinner? It takes a lot of time in planning, but especially if you have, some sort of medical condition, you really want to spend the time to get things ready for yourself. Because like I was telling a patient the other day, it's like, I, I could add another medicine to you for your blood pressure, but I really don't want to. I really want you to try to do these diet changes <laughs> instead yeah. of adding more drugs. Right. And I'm sure... That person was like, oh, it's going to take more time. But in the long run, it might add years to your life if you feed yourself the right foods, eat well. It's not just foods. We're talking about food a lot. But I think it, we also should say relationships, dealing with all the other aspects of your life also plays a big part too. So right. I think like a lot of... People are like, well, my food's good, okay, but is it really that good? Is that what a lot of people tell you? They're like, oh, my food's good and stuff. So <laughs> the people that tell me that they're eating healthy, I want to get like a rundown, like tell me what you <laughs> ate this morning or tell me what you ate yesterday and this kind of really dig into the specifics of it because what you think is good and what I think is good might be two different things. I think that's the thing in America now. Everybody has like a different version of like what is healthy and yeah. stuff. Like you could probably ask like 50 different people and they'll be like, they'll say something totally different. Yeah. And it all, I think everybody 
whatever works for one person doesn't might not work for the other person i tell people but we have this thought that oh what works for me is going to work for everyone else it's like that's not true right and then a lot of times it like the <laughs> the vegan sausage that i had that i thought was great and then i just spent found out like literally a couple of days ago it has like 600 milligrams of sodium and it's like oh my god <laughs> i can't eat that anymore i just never read the label really like i read the ingredients like i had some eggplants and yeah. peppers and onions and stuff in it but i never looked at the salt content of it and i looked at it because i was gonna use it for a a blood pressure class and I was like oh my god I can't eat this so we definitely have to look at labels if we're gonna eat things that are made by somebody else but really we should try to be making our own food as much as we can yeah I think yeah that's the thing making food from scratch and you just you can't get around not doing that right. and people think oh, it's going to be at my bottom of my list. And it's like, you can't get away from that. If you want to be there for your family and have a full life, you need the energy. You need all of that. So you, preparing your meals to really be at the top of your to-do list. Right. Because it drives every other aspect of your life. Right. Especially if you know you're going to have like a busy week or a time where you're excuse me, you're not going to have as much energy. It's kind of like a gift to yourself to plan and prep your food. I love I love how you said that. I'm going to have to use that, a gift to yourself. Because yeah. I think we need to think of food as a gift to ourselves. We're nourishing our bodies. We're nourishing our cells, our everything. We're nourishing ourselves. And like, if you're like, you're a woman and you're tired or whatever, certain weeks are more tiring than the others. So then that's the week that's even better to meal. Get your meals prepped before and stuff. Prepare yourself for those stressful times. I think that's the big thing. All right. This was a great interview. Is, is there anything else you would like to share? Um. I think that if you have a doctor who doesn't like to discuss your food or what supplements that you take, like if you take herbs or certain vitamins or what have you, then you might want to look for a different doctor because it's really such a huge part of your life. You definitely don't want to go to a doctor who's only interested in handing out prescriptions. And it may take some effort to find um, the right type of person to kind of partner with you in your health, but I think it's worth it. Thank you so much. I'll put all your information in the show notes. Thank you. <laughs>